The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. It's another edition of College Lines Revealed, live from downtown Las Vegas and our Circus Sportsbook Studios. I'm Ben Wilson, thanking you for making us a part of your Sunday college football betting, because guess what? We made it, everybody. Bowl season is upon us, and we have a boatload of games kicking off next Friday that we are so excited to bring you all of the biggest line moves for how things are developing within the college football betting market. A reminder as well, out now, not only are we excited to start talking bowl season, we're excited to bring you the College Football Bowl Betting Guide, which is officially out right now with picks on every bowl game from Brent Musburger. We have insights from our senior staff writers, Adam Burke and Steve Mackinnon. Steve Mackinnon will be joining us a little bit later uh, this hour on the show as well. In addition to Matt Grill, DraftKings trading manager, and Tim Murray, host of VEASAN Primetime with Sean King. Uh, Tim will be on the sidelines for a couple of different bowl games this year for Bull Season Radio. So excited to get Tim's thoughts and perspective as we get all of the biggest line moves have been set now for about a week, but we've seen the market with a number of opt-outs, coaching changes, and other various transition around college football. Seen the market start to take shape on a number of college bowl games. Let's get right into it. Biggest moves so far. As of yesterday, the largest spread on the board was UAB minus 11.5 at Circa. That's no longer the case because the Oregon Ducks have gone up to, yes, that's not a misprint, 14-point favorites against the North Carolina Tar Heels. That is in the Holiday Bowl at Petco Park in San Diego. The big reason for that move, North Carolina without 12, 12 key contributors on both sides of the ball. If you combine offense and defense, 
including defensive back Storm Duck. That's right. Storm Duck is not playing against the Oregon Ducks. I say that is criminal. If your name is Storm Duck and you have a chance to play against the Oregon Ducks, how can you not do that? Well, with his absence and the absence of a bunch of other Tar Heels, line has ballooned to Oregon minus 14. Uh, UNC will have starting quarterback Drake May, though, at least as of now, in the game. We've had a flip of favorites in Mississippi State and Illinois. That opened with the Bulldogs, and now the outgoing head coach, Mike Leach, announcing his retirement. Leach is Bulldogs favored by two in the ReliaQuest Bowl at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. That's now Illinois behind head coach Brett Bielema laying a point and a half. Wall in one of the biggest bowl games we have this year, the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. After a very strong showing in the Pac-12 championship game, Utah, no surprise to see the Utes getting support in the betting market, open to pick them, now laying three against Penn State. Let's circle on as well to the biggest moves to totals. Totals normally get a whole lot of activity, whether to the over or to the under. And one game that will be amidst some of the early bowl season activity involving the New Orleans Bowl, South Alabama and Western Kentucky. This is not next weekend, but the following week, Wednesday, December 21st. Uh, it's a pretty sizable tick to the under, down to 53.5 from, uh, from 56.5. A surprise, potentially, given how bad both defenses are, is in Wake Forest in Missouri at the Gasparilla Bowl at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Uh, from 63.5, now down to 60.5. Concerns about some of the offensive personnel being available for both teams in Wake Forest and Mizzou. And meanwhile, here's a game that we'll, we'll get to. This is among uh, the games that kick off next weekend's bowl activity. There's a couple on Friday, and then we'll have about a half dozen on Saturday as BYU and Southern Methodist in the New Mexico Bowl from Albuquerque seeing a pretty sizable tick down as well. We're showing on the screen 70.5. That was the Circa opener. Offshore books had this as high as 73.5, highest total of bowl season. It's now down to 68 market-wide. With that, let's go into the rundown of the games specifically for next week, starting on Fridays. We get you some early thoughts on what to expect in the betting market. Things kick off in the Bahamas Bowl on Friday, nice and early, before noon on the East Coast, with Miami, Ohio taking on UAB. UAB has hired a new head coach in Trent Dilfer, but will be coached by an interim in this game in Bryant Vincent, a defense that has been pretty solid, 56th in the FBS in yards per game allowed. Uh, we'll be doing that against a Miami of Ohio team dreadful down the stretch and will be relying on a backup quarterback in Avion Smith, who has completed only 49% of his passes since taking over for starter Brett Gabbert of Miami of Ohio. Of the games so far we'll get to next week, this is the one line that jumps out to me. I like the Blazers laying 11. It's a high number, but consider for UAB, motivation is as high as it will be for any bowl team this year. Final game for an interim coach in Bryant Vincent, who has been part of that program since they returned to FBS after a two-year absence before an interim coach in Trent Dilfer comes in. Combined with the fact that UAB is top 60 in the country in yards per game allowed. And on the other side, Miami of Ohio, part of a MAC conference that has been brutal in bowl season, 24-48 and 48 straight up. Since 2010, MAC teams in bowl games, only 31-38-1 against the spread in those same games with a backup quarterback. Happily lay the 11 with UAB. Right now as high as 11.5 in the market. You can still find some numbers right below that uh, at 10.5, but continuing to trend upwards. Meanwhile, in the other game next Friday that kicks off bowl season, it is the Cure Bowl. Our colleague Stormy Bonantoni will be on the sidelines for ESPN. They're in Orlando. Troy and UTSA. What a game this profiles to be. Two top 25 teams 
in the Trojans and Roadrunners. The big question on the Troy side, a team that overachieved massively, six and a half preseason win total, go seven and two, win the Sun Belt under a first-year head coach in John Sumrall, blasted Coastal Carolina a week ago as well in that Sun Belt championship game. How will they match up now in their first week in the top 25 against a UTSA team who just found out its star quarterback in Frank Harris, he's coming back next year. It'll be Frank Harris's seventh overall season when you consider red shirts and COVID extra years added. Harris just threw for 341 yards and four touchdowns in the Conference USA title game against North Texas. Harris is back, and we haven't seen a ton of movement on the line here. Opener at Circa was UTSA minus a point, 53 and a half the total. As you see on your screen, a couple books have flipped to the Troy side minus one, including at BetMGM, but still a pick them most of the market right now. 54 and a halves is the market-wide total. That's how we kick things off on Friday with two bowl games. Leads us into Saturday, and we are seeing some movement already. Also, a whole lot of interesting moving parts when it comes to coaching and personnel, highlighted by Louisville and Cincinnati. Two pretty proxim uh, two proximal teams as far as geographic locations square off in the Fenway Bowl. And how do you try to figure out what will happen when you have Louisville head coach Scott Satterfield leaving to take the Cincinnati head coaching job? Cincinnati will be head coached in this game by interim Dion Branch, the former Super Bowl champion with New England, current director of player development. While you have Jeff Brom waiting in the wings to, uh, to come in here for Louisville. Also, for the Cardinals, will Malik Cunningham be starting? He is very much questionable right now. Was banged up late in the season. Rumored to be opting out as he prepares for the NFL draft. Not sure if he will be going for the Louisville Cardinals. On the other side, Cincinnati's head coach Luke Fickle leaves to take the Wisconsin head coaching job. Cincinnati head coach uh, will be the head coach will be Kerry Coombs, the interim head coach right now. He was the special teams coordinator throughout the year for the Bearcats. It will not be Scott Satterfield immediately taking over and coaching against his former team. Cincinnati has some quarterback issues as well. Ben Bryant injured in the final couple games of the year, out with a foot injury. His backup, Evan Prater, was brutal in the final game of the year for Cincinnati, a loss at home to Tulane. 10 of 26, 102 yards and an interception for the backup QB in Cincinnati. It's a big reason why the market has not been decisive one way or another on the matchup between Louisville and Cincinnati in Boston. Louisville open minus one. As I update the screen right now, they're as high as one and a half in the market, including at BetMGM. But some books are disagreeing with that. Some books are still at a pick them right now with a consensus total at 43 and a half. Working our way through the rest of the Saturday slate, uh, Florida and Oregon State. We'll get Tim Murray's thoughts in the next segment on that game since he will be working sidelines for both season radio right here in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. A big old move, though. Offshore books open this Oregon State minus five. Circa opened Oregon State minus nine off the news that quarterback Anthony Richardson for Florida was likely to opt out. And we're seeing this one of six different double-digit spreads in bowl season. Oregon State now up to a 10-point consensus favorite in the market. I see now starting to touch 10.5 even this morning on the West Coast, taking some more interest to the favorite Oregon State, a team that has covered nine straight games and the first Pac-12 team to be a double-digit bowl favorite since 2014. How about that? Another game I'm looking at on Saturday, I really like Fresno State in a flip of favorites. Fresno State taking on Washington in the Washington State in the Los Angeles Bowl at SoFi Stadium there in LA. I like Fresno State if you can find it below three, and those threes are quickly starting to vanish. 
was two and a half last night. A lot of books now popping up to Fresno State minus three. Since quarterback Jake Hayner returned from injury, it's been five games. He's thrown for 14 touchdowns and just two interceptions and no picks each of the last four games. Led Fresno State to a win in a true road game at Boise State in the Mountain West title game. Taking out a Washington State team without its top two wide receivers who are both opting out, Deshaun Stribling and Donovan Ali. Wazoo with a first-year head coach in Jake Dickert who got off to a great start. 17-point outright upset win over Wisconsin, but since then faltered down the stretch and lost going away to Washington in their big rivalry game, the Apple Cup, to close the season. Give me Fresno State, even laying a short price, up to three now in the betting market. Open Fresno State right around a pick them to minus one, while Offshore's had this as high as Washington State minus two and a half. That's a justified flip of favorites, though, with Fresno State taking on Wazoo. Rest of the action right now, uh, just to run through the lines quickly. Rice and Southern Miss in the Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile. Open Southern Miss minus six against the only five-win team who ends up getting in to bowl season. Market has gone squarely on the side of Southern Miss, now up to six and a half market-wide. We already mentioned the big line move in BYU-SMU. That's in the New Mexico Bowl, uh, as we are seeing SMU now uh, up to one or one-and-a-half point favorite. The big move, though, was to the total. Offshore's had this in the 73 range, now down to 68-and-a-half. And Boise State, North Texas in the Frisco Bowl. Boise State opened 10-point favorites, up to 11 at Circa. 10-and-a-half at BetMGM. That's probably justified. Seth Luttrell just fired his head coach in North Texas. North Texas last five bowl games, one and four against the spread, and they've allowed about 45 points per game. Guess who's taking over his interim? It's the defensive coordinator, Phil Bennett maybe not go so well for North Texas against a motivated Boise State team. When we return, Tim Murray, host of VEASAN Primetime, joins us to give his, us his thoughts on the first week of bowl season. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. College Bowl season is about to kick off, and VEASAN has you covered with this year's College Football Bowl Guide. It is out now. This year's guide has picks on the spread and total of every single bowl game, not only from our VEASAN experts, but also... Brent Musburger, ready to give picks on every single bowl game this year. Steve Mackinnon has power rankings for every team and breaks down the motivational factors that affect bowl games. Steve going to join us, by the way, in about 15 minutes. While Josh Applebaum gives insights into his bowl betting strategy, Adam Burke has a really nice article that helps give you an advantage if you're part of bowl confidence pools this year. Give yourself an edge. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe to check out the college football bowl betting guide. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. I might get a little frisky on the, uh, the confidence pools. Throwing UAB number one most confident to start bowl season. We'll see if that's how it actually works out. As we welcome you back, College Lines Revealed. So happy to now be in bowl season. And somebody who will play a big part of bowl season joins us right now, Tim Murray. You catch him Monday through Friday on the network. It's great to see you, Tim, uh, from, from the, old, uh, the old estate there at Henderson. Uh, but you're on a couple games this year. Bowl season radio, man. I'm pumped to, to, to be able to listen to the broadcast. Las Vegas Bowl on Saturday next week. Oregon State taking on Florida Big line move here, Tim, now up to Beavers in, in the double-digit range. What do you expect the motivational factors to be on each side as you get ready to prep for that game? Yeah, I mean, you look at Florida, and they're going to be without their starting quarterback, Anthony Richardson, which is obviously the the biggest reason for the line move there. Um, you know, Florida, it's interesting. You know, you, you read some of the quotes that Billy Napier, first-year head coach, kind of put out there this past week, talking about this being a, a big opportunity, which – I don't necessarily disagree. You know, it is a first-year uh, head coach there. Um, you know, they'll be without one of their you know guards as well. So you look at the opt-outs there for Florida. Uh, it, it's pretty plentiful, and that's why we've seen such a significant line move. You know, as for Oregon State, that's been one of the best years they've had. You know, definitely best year they had under Jonathan Smith. Wrap up the regular season with that come-from-behind win over Oregon, and 
uh, really ruined the chances for Oregon to uh, to be playing in a Rose Bowl. So, you know, quite the strong finish. And is an Oregon State team that I believe hasn't won a bowl game in almost a decade. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, you mentioned the confidence pools. I would think Oregon State, if you're, you know, doing those in the in uh, you know wherever you find those or in, in a you know office pool or whatever, I would put Oregon State pretty high. However, I don't know how comfortable I am laying the ten and a half here, uh, Ben, with the Beavers. Obviously, you know this is a team that uh, is one of the most profitable teams in the country this year, uh, ATS wise. So we'll see if they can keep it rolling. Uh, I think they'll be incredibly motivated to uh, to be playing in this spot and uh, you know to to wrap up the season with ten wins. It's also wild just to see that within the Pac-12, a conference that has struggled mightily in bowl season over the past few years, first time you have, and it's double, uh, multiple teams laying double digits in yep. a bowl game representing the Pac-12 now in eight years. You have to go back to 2014 to find that. And for Oregon State, who's now nine-win team, six and a half was the win total for the Beavers. They eclipsed that easily, have covered nine straight games. How do you expect, just from the conference standpoint, that ends up playing out, not only for Oregon State, but for the the rest of the heavily favored uh, Pac-12 teams here? Yeah, Oregon, as you were kind of alluding to, is the biggest favorite of the bowl season right now, laying two touchdowns against North Carolina. And uh, not a big surprise there. Um, You know, there was maybe some speculation early on in the bowl season, Ben, that, you know, Drake May might, be transferring with uh, Phil Longo, the offensive coordinator, leaving to go to uh, Wisconsin. But yeah, I mean, you look at that. The interesting one to me, and a play that I made, you know, as one of my first plays was I actually took Fresno State uh, very early in bowl season on a cheap money line price. That's been one of the bigger uh, line moves we've seen of the bowl mm. season as Fresno opened as a dog and is now a three point favorite against Washington State. So, you know, to your point, it's. It's kind of interesting to look at conferences and the disparity we see with some spots, right? Because you've got, you know, Oregon 14, Oregon State 10 and a half, but then you've also got Washington State catching points against a group of five team in Fresno State. And, you know, I know it's a small sample size, but you just look back to last year, uh, Oregon State, who we've been talking about, goes to the L.A. Bowl and they play Utah State and they got run off the field in that spot. So usually you get extra motivation, you know, from a group of five team because there's so few uh, opportunities in the bowl season where you get G5 versus Power 5, Ben. And uh, I think Jay Kaner is going to want to end his career on a high note. And I think that's why we've seen the line move. Also, Washington State has some Mm -hmm. opt-outs. I think their top two wide receivers, at least in targets, have hit the transfer portal. One of their top defensive players has hit the portal as well, and their defensive coordinator is headed to Arizona. So uh, a lot of movement there for Washington State. And, you know, Coach Dickert there in his first-ever bowl game as a head coach, uh, they lost last year to Central Michigan uh, as a very heavy favorite in the Sun Bowl. So I think you know, coaching discrepancy too kind of leans towards Fresno State with uh, with Jeff Tedford. Give him a follow at Tim Murray one part of the bowl season radio coverage uh, this bowl season, starting off with the Las Vegas Bowl on Saturday. You mentioned just conference pedigree as well, Tim. The MAC is a conference that has been brutal. Twenty four mm-hmm. and forty eight straight up MAC teams in bowl games since twenty ten. Well under five hundred against the number in those same games. Miami of Ohio kicks off bowl season on Friday. How ugly do you see this getting, not only for Miami of Ohio, but for that conference as a whole? Yeah, I mean, another one of the big spreads, right? 11, 11 and a half. And, you know, they got good news uh, that Brett Gabbard's coming back next year. 
uh, Miami did. And, um, you know, this is this is a tricky spot. Now, I think uh, if my memory serves me correct, I believe Chuck Martin, the head coach of Miami, is 3-0 ATS uh, at, uh, at Miami. But, you know, one thing for UAB, and this is something that uh, I'm curious about, their interim coach, uh, I think his name is Bryant Vincent. Yes, that's uh, correct. At UAB. Um, hit, the players wanted him to get the job. Obviously, he went to Trent Dilfer, uh, and and he'll take over UAB, one of the more interesting hires so far of the offseason. So I think the UAB Blazers, you could see them pretty juiced up for this spot, uh, Ben, trying to you know send off their interim head coach with a win. So you know it's another one of those things where I try to look for motivation. Um, and uh, you know, as for you know the MAC. Uh, you look at, I actually think, in, you know, I'll be calling the game, so it'll be, you know, fascinating, but I think Eastern Michigan, San Jose State, and the Idaho Potato Bowl is going to be, I mean, and, and spread-wise kind of tells you it's going to be a pretty competitive game. You know, Eastern Michigan went 8-4 and four this year, you know, upset Arizona State, which kind of put the nail in Herm Edwards' coffin early on in the year. Um, so I, I find that to be a very fascinating matchup. If, you know, once again, talking about those confidence pools, I would probably put the potato bowl as one of my lowest mm. confidence wise. You know, you look at the spread and then you, I, I think so much can happen. I felt like San Jose state started to kind of trail off uh, as the season wore on there after a really strong start to the season. Obviously, you know, that's a team that had to deal with unthinkable tragedy, losing a teammate in the middle of the year. So yeah, we'll see how the Mac does, but yeah, historically, as you alluded to, not a conference that has really thrived. <laughs> Uh, in bowl season, um, you know, we did see one spot, uh, which is a bowl game that, uh, you know, maybe for loved ones only, uh, the old uh, um, quick lane bowl, New Mexico State Bowling Green. Ah, we yes. saw a flip of favorites in, in favor of Bowling Green here. So some money coming in on a, on a MAC team in that spot. I think I asked Paul, when New Mexico State qualified, uh, Tim, and I was on the air live that Saturday with Paul Stone, I asked him if that was the worst bowl eligible team he could ever remember New Mexico State. And he said, ah, probably, yeah, considering everything there for the Aggies. And Jerry Kill, three. I think if you go back, you talk about coaches who have really struggled in, in bowl season. I think Jerry Kill, historically, at his previous stops, was was pretty bad. And you you got to remember, New Mexico State got the waiver uh, to yeah. get into bowl eligibility. Their game against San Jose State was canceled uh, because of uh, at the as aforementioned tragedy that happened to San Jose State losing a teammate. So New Mexico State is six and six. Two of the wins are against FCS opponents. So you know, tread lightly on that one there. Ah, uh, yes, they had yeah had to bring in the late game to get a twelfth and a six win uh, last second. And against an FCS opponent, again, it all, all worked out. Before we get you out of here, Tim, what do you think of the of the Jaron Hall situation for BYU, banged up with an ankle injury? Uh, we've seen the line go back and forth, BYU catching points against Southern Methodist right now in the New Mexico Bowl. Uh, what do you expect to happen there with the Cougars quarterback situation? Yeah, SMU just announced their top wide receiver is going to be out for this game. He has opted out to prepare for the NFL draft, so just something to keep an eye on there. Yeah, BYU, uh, you know, Jaron Hall getting banged up uh, in that in that regular season finale against Stanford, um, I, I kind of feel like another one. This is to me. I think both teams should be relatively motivated. And remember, with the situation that happened with the Las Vegas Bowl, where the Las Vegas Bowl, and I don't know how much this plays into to young men's mind, but this game, the New Mexico Bowl, Ben, is now on ABC in prime time. 
because the Vegas Bowl got moved out of it because of the you know Raiders situation getting flexed out of flexed out of Sunday night. So I actually expect both these teams to be relatively motivated. And BYU, I actually thought after the middle part of the year, Ben struggled. Mm-hmm. I thought they started to play much better down the stretch. So it all comes down to Jaron Hall. I would wait and see uh, if we can find out more information, if he's going to be ready to go uh, come next Saturday. Your game kicks at 11.15 a.m. on uh, Bowl Season Radio. Tim, you're going to be there, what, 5.45 a.m. is the over-under for Tim Murray's arrival at Allegiant Stadium, something like that? Plenty of this. Coffee. He's going to be ready to go. Uh, Pumped for you, man. Can't wait to listen to the coverage. Appreciate the time. See you, Ben. All right, when we return, Steve Mackinan, big part of our college football bowl guide, will join us on College Lines Revealed. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. We welcome you back. College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Pleased to be joined now by Steve Mackinnon, who played a big role in our recently released College Bowl betting guide. Uh, Steve, first of all, hope you didn't get too much you know, carpal tunnel over, over there in the great state of Wisconsin because you put together uh, a bunch of, uh, of outstanding uh, topics for us as betters to follow along. But you got through it, Steve, and now you can sit back. A lot, a lot of bowl games here set to kick off starting Friday. Yeah, yeah. not carpal tunnel. I got a little tired to play that. Okay. <laughs> but, but uh, hey, it's, it's worth it. And I, we still got a lot more coming, too. I, in fact, I'll have a couple pieces out early this week that uh, – things that maybe used to be in our older bowl guide, but uh, wanted to kind of refine the process of which we delivered them. So look, look for those uh, coming out this week. As far as the big thing you wrote about, at least for our 20-page guide, now out, uh, you can get as a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Motivation always such a general talking point as far as bowl season goes, but trying to quantify that and apply it to the number is such a tricky thing. Uh, how have you gone about trying to identify what actually matters when it comes down to motivation in these bowl games? Well, I kind of described all seven of the things that I have kind of learned over the years that would be considered, I consider them motivational. Uh, they form in different ways, uh, a mot- the reason why they motivate a team or don't motivate a team, quite the opposite, I guess. Um, so it's it's sort of difficult to quantify some of them, but a lot of the times it's just knowing them and knowing that it's probably going to affect the team negatively. And once it does affect the team negatively, the quantifying part of it doesn't even matter as much. Right. And we go through the full list. We have it on the screen right now for our viewers at VEASAN.com and, and YouTube TV. So to take us through like how you kind of order these and why they are included, at least on your own checklist here, your, your motivational factors, you have seven of them that you are looking at here for these bowl games. Yeah, I have put them actually in order uh, as to what I feel is most important in handicapping games. That, and they do... I have changed this order over the years, and I think just recently the trend of things, I thought personnel disruptions are more important than any other factor in the bowl games nowadays. You have to keep track of all the coaching maneuvers. Uh, there's teams swapping. I just think we just had Brian Brom like three or four days after the bowl announcement was uh, pulled out of Purdue after they had already begun preparing for the game. So uh, you, got, you have to follow the news all the way up to the kickoff. You have to follow the transfers you have to see who's opting out of the games for to get ready for the nfl draft so i thought that was the single most important motivating factor uh, continuing on there's also the line movements that we are able to, we know how to follow them in the betting market but a lot of times they're even more severe when it comes to bowl games a uh, big example we talked about it earlier 
with the Oregon game already. Uh, we see 12 starters out on the North Carolina side. That's the Holiday Bowl at Petco Park in San Diego. So I would think, Steve, that's one that, even though that's your largest spread on the board right now, Oregon laying 14, that checks off boxes one and two. You have 12 key contributors out for North Carolina and the largest move, at least at Circa, on the board this week now with Oregon laying two touchdowns. Yeah, if you think of that many starters over him, that's basically a different team that's going to take the field. I mean, that's the, yeah. it, it's unfair to even think of that as North Carolina. I mean, we'll see what, what three weeks of practice can do for a team of putting uh, putting the new guys in. And they, they obviously, they're not coming out with guys without talent. They still got good recruits behind the guys who, who will be missing. But one of the important things you, get, you need to look for these line movements is last year there were 22 games that saw the line move three points or more in a bowl game. 22 out of 39. The way that line moved last year when they were 17 and 5 just following that line movement. 17 and 5 wow. against the spread. So definitely something you want to consider and watch as the uh, weeks go on here. And we're showing some more of our line moves too uh, as we just flash through them here. Uh, uh, if you're watching us on College Lines Revealed on vcin.com uh, or the vcin app. Steve Mackinnon joining us right now. Big contributor with his seven, the checklist of seven motivational factors for bowl season, part of our college football uh, bowl betting guide available now for our VEASAN Pro subscribers. Well, from what you've looked at historically, Steve, when it comes to the head coaching and the general experience, why and how has that mattered as, as, it, as it is related to some of the historical trends throughout bowl season? It's been a major factor. And this is a, one of the seven motivating factors I developed recently. I, I, I believe I added this one about three years ago. And I it was the, I think it was the 2019 season. I was watching some of the games, thinking, "Man, there's it's a big coaching difference here. You got an interim coach on one side, you got a 20-year guy on the opposite sideline, and it seemed like the the guy with the experience was winning these games and winning them handily. He had a, he had a knowledge of how to prepare his teams for these games. Uh, maybe the team was more excited playing for him because of uh, the permanent status as opposed to the interim. So uh, as I went through that. I, I decided to go ahead the next year and quantify the results of uh, bowl season in recent years. And just simply put, head coaching experience advantage in, in bowl games, the coach who has coached more bowl games previously is on a 142-99-2 spread run. That's 57%, basically. So just taking the coach's experience and nothing else, and back in the more experienced coach should be 57%. I think that's a pretty good pro tip we can use at least this hour, Steve. And again, they can see all of the uh, the data you have uncovered on that in our college bowl betting guide. If I extrapolate this out and we look at now uh, one, at least a couple games that have multiple areas on your checklist out now, Steve, for the immediate first week in bowl season, uh, look at a Troy like uh, team like Troy. Say, look at a Troy like team. Uh, a team like the Troy Trojans to take on UTSA. That's the Cure Bowl, one of our two Friday games. And Steve, uh, Troy is a team that is. Uh, is on your list for multiple reasons, even though that might be some opposing reasons with a first-year head coach, but uh, a team that really outperformed preseason expectations. Six and a half was the win total for Troy. Goes 11-2, and two, wins the Sun Belt. What have you seen historically with teams that outperform preseason expectations so much once you get into the bowl games? Yeah, they're usually pretty good. You, you look for a team that kind of is riding uh, the highs of a good season because they want to finish that season well. Now, you get a so I've noted some of these in my some motivational factors article. Now you look at Florida, like a team like Florida per se, uh, just a, a tough season. They lose their quarterback. He decides to go uh, up for preparing for the NFL draft. Now 
six and six. This is the second straight season. A team like Florida is going into the bowl season with real, really little motivation other than than maybe showing up for for next season. So you got to look at these things. Uh, That is factor number seven. I called it my summary of season. And I actually was able to uncover several systems when you look at how teams have improved off of last season, as you as you mentioned, how they overperformed. I guess and right. Teams get behind that. I mean, you, you think of the status of an athlete. You get behind the team that that if you overperform, it's probably good chemistry. What you were talking about with Florida as well, going into last year, lost the Gasparilla Bowl to Central Florida, going away 29-17. wasn't a game that was all that competitive. Now catching double digits against Oregon State in the Las Vegas Bowl. Another area of this, again, we go through the seven uh, motivational factors here for you, Steve, that you're looking at. But what about if if you look at teams that say fire coaches or have just so all sorts of upheaval coming into bowl season? North Texas, a team that fits that bill, where even though the Mean Green make a conference championship game, fire a head coach in Seth Luttrell, then athletic director Ren Baker, who fires him just a couple days later, leaves to take the West Virginia athletic director post. All sorts of upheaval, yet uh, it's a North Texas team that is playing pretty close to home in the Frisco Bowl, just right down the street from Denton. Uh, what do you make of that overall situation taking on Boise State uh, and Bronco and the Broncos laying about 10 here? Yeah, that's an interesting situation. You you described it well there. Now, it's a very rare circumstance where you get a guy, he fires him, then he takes off. So uh, you, you never know how that's going to affect the team. You, you can't think it's real a, a real strong motivating factor because uh, – Usually when you get a firing situation with a head coach, you had some, half the team loved him, half the team didn't. I mean, usually more than half the team loved the guy. So uh, it's hard to get behind an interim coach in that circumstance. Boise State's usually a team that likes to show up for its bowl games, and uh, I, I wouldn't want to be on the North Texas side. Uh, yes, <laughs> the defensive coordinator, Phil Bennett, is the interim. Uh, North Texas has lost five straight bowl games and have allowed 44.5 points per game in those five just one and four against the spread. And that is one of the few teams that will be playing kind of in a, in a regional basis, Steve, not too far away from their campus sites. Anything you've seen that, that would dictate toward maybe an edge for those teams in general playing closer to home? Yeah, they are a little bit of an advantage. I mean, it's not a, it, it's about a 54%, I, I think, uh, if I recall in my article here. Uh, oh, no, 56, 37 and 29, the uh, ATS the last 66 teams that I deemed to have that regional advantage. Now, one of the games that that stands out to me in that particular uh, motivating factor is Syracuse. They had a good season here. They had kind of an overachieving season, probably not an expected bowl team, but they get a chance to play in the pinstripe bowl in New York. Probably going to get a lot of home backing there. Uh, I believe Syracuse will probably be very excited for the game just on that back. That's a, that's a really good fa- uh, thing you bring up, too. I hadn't even thought about that. And Minnesota totally f- fell apart last half of the year under head coach P.J. Fleck. We're leading the Big Ten West. Didn't even sniff the Big Ten title game at the end. Uh, he is Steve Mackinen. Yeah. You give him a follow at, uh, at Steve Mackinen. I feel like we could go into this for so many different bowl games, Steve, but we're just scratching the surface. <laughs> uh, always a big fan of your work. Love, uh, love reading what you just wrote about in our college football bowl betting guide. And uh, we'll be sure to keep you uh, in, in tune. And you'll be back on the network here very shortly, Steve. So thanks, as always, for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Again, check out our college football bowl betting guide. It's available now for VEASAN Pro subscribers and all of Steve's motivational factors he wrote about there. Matt Grill, our DraftKings trading manager, joins College Football Lines Revealed next.
Washington News. I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. 
Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can check out not only today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Hey, speaking of those DraftKings betting splits, it's time to visit with Matt Grill, DraftKings trading manager over at their Las Vegas offices. Very busy this time of year in crossover season. Matt, great to have you on once again. Uh, just comparing this bull season to bull seasons of years past, now that we're in the transfer portal NIL era in college football, how has that changed your job as someone setting and moving lines compared to what it might have been, say, even four or five years ago? Yeah, it makes it a lot harder, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, I guess no risk, rest for the weary, even after the end of the regular season here, now gearing up for bowl season. So, yeah, just like you mentioned, I think it, this all started about four or five years ago with Christian McCaffrey for Stanford in the Sun Bowl against UNC. He sat out and it was kind of like, wait, what is going on? This guy's not going to play the game. He was preparing <laughs> yeah. for the NFL draft, and that just started the dominoes to fall in the, in the years to come here. So, yeah, now we're dealing with NIL, opt-outs, transfer portal, uh, guys uh, – just kind of moving everywhere. So it makes our jobs a lot more difficult, unfortunately. But uh, you know, it, it's become more of a, an information market now, more than mm -hmm. just handicapping assessing the teams in the, in the bowl games. Sure, there's a couple you know, sleeping bags to be found over at, the, at your DraftKings offices, Mac. You know, guys trying to, around the clock, checking in on all the line moves and, and injury status updates. We'll get to the games that will kick off in about a week here in a little bit. But for games now that have been on the, on the market for a while with lines up for the better part of a week, Seeing a good amount of activity, even if they aren't till the very end of December, as we start with the college football playoff games, TCU taking on Michigan. You, you look at the spot at State Farm Stadium in Glendale for the Fiesta Bowl. How much interest has there been in the Horned Frogs even after a loss in the Big 12 championship game last week? Yeah, after we put the lines up, we started at nine and a half with Michigan, and after a day or two, there was some interest in TCU. It's turned it down to eight right now, so I think that's just mainly people seeing that TCU, this, this team that has gone 12 in the regular season, lost to Kansas State in the Big 12 title game, getting that touchdown and a couple more points, so the two scores. So I think that people are kind of latching on to that a bit and taking the eight or nine that was out there. I think it got down to seven at one point at one book for a little bit, got hit right back up, so I think you'll probably see it not move too much off this number by the mm -hmm. time the game kicks off many other books right now sitting seven and a half at the most part DraftKings right now uh, at eight with some juice to the underdog as we sit here uh, right now on a Sunday morning on the west coast for Ohio State and Georgia you might think all right Ohio State backs their way last team into the college football playoff general betters might be looking to bet against that in reality Matt how has it gone at your shop with Ohio State and Georgia yeah, right when we put the lineup at six and a half last Sunday, quite a bit of interest on Georgia right away. So that might have been, been them just, of course, dominating against LSU, winning quite easily, and, of course, going through the entire season unscathed, looking like the best team all in, in the country all year long for the most part. Ohio State kind of limping into the playoff, backing in. that The last performance against Michigan, not too great in the second half. So I think people may be a little bit kind of going off with, you know, recency bias, bias what they just saw. But I've been kind of saying, Ohio State, they got a full month here to game plan, mm -hmm. get healthy in the running back core on the defensive side of the ball. So I think they're going to show up for this game, and I could potentially see this line moving down a little bit, maybe to the five, five-and-a-half range by the time the game kicks off. Really? Wow, five or five-and-a-half. And, a half. and you, certainly the buyback was at the seven-placeholder uh, mark, down to six-and-a-half now basically market-wide, including over at DraftKings. Let's get to some of the New Year's Six Bulls that will be going on. 
You mentioned the tra- transfer portal, guys sitting out with opt-outs. That's really the name of the game in so many bowl situations. You wouldn't think that would normally apply to Alabama, but with the tide, with having nothing to play for outside of this Sugar Bowl appearance against Kansas State, maybe that ends up being the case. How much have, have you moved this line already coming down from your opener? I believe it was five and a half or six. So you can correct me if I'm wrong there, but uh, with the interest you're getting here in the Kansas State Wildcats. Yeah, absolutely. We're down to three and a half as it stands right now. And there was, right when we put it up, it was all Kansas State taking the money, taking the money line. So I don't think it's been officially announced yet, but Bryce Young, Will Anderson, guys like that would be very surprised if they play. They're going to be in the NFL draft. So mm-hmm. kind of have to bake that into the line that they're not. these guys are not going to play. Of course, the talent level of Alabama is still so good. They're second stringers. Most of those guys are, are you know higher starred recruits than anyone Kansas State has. So they haven't really played in the field too much, but these are guys who can play and you know the, the talent will win out. A lot of time when these guys get some practice under the belt, which they should do with the bowl practice here. So it's, that game is very interesting, very intriguing to see who's going to be on the field for Alabama. Kansas State's going to be really hyped for this game, I think, playing against you know Big Bad Alabama in a, a New Year's Six Bowl game. So should be a good game. It'll be interesting to see where this game mm-hmm. kind of ends up at kickoff. What the, what's fascinating, though, to kind of compare is, on the one hand, you bake it into the line, yet when that announcement, if it does come, and guys like Bryce Young and Will Anderson are ruled out for Alabama, how much more do you expect this to drop to the K-State side? Yeah, it's just going to depend on the money and, and just kind of what comes in. So we're, we'll respond to that. That's kind of our job. We know we, we set out a line uh, at the open and it got hit. We've responded, so we'll continue to do so. So as I mentioned, this game's one of the most intriguing, ironically, even without the, with these guys sitting for mm-hmm. the uh, or opting out or going to the draft. Uh, Alabama also had some guys that hit the transfer portal. So uh, you know, Kansas State they're pretty much steady as it goes, and I think a lot of people are kind of banking on that and own commodity here. Already recruiting season for Coach Saban there down in uh, Tuscaloosa. Another big six, a New Year's Six Bowl that has a lot of interest is because of the perceived mismatch on paper. When you get a darling like a Tulane having an outstanding year from a group of five conference, taking on a big powerhouse team like USC, a game away from making the college football playoff. Caleb Williams, the quarterback, gets hurt in the game. Trojans fall flat on their face in Las Vegas, lose to Utah, now relegated to the Cotton Bowl as a result. How has the betting interest been on this spot with it being a smaller team in Tulane against a powerhouse like USC? Yeah, Tulane, you know, we, when we opened this game, they took some money as well right off the jump. So people were just not looking to bet USC coming off that loss. Really deflated not being in the CFP. And now Caleb Williams had the hamstring injury. So let's just say he plays because he, he's going to be back next year. He, he can't go to the draft. So, you know, is he going to try? Would he risk further injury? You know, is he going to give it a go? Is he going to try to give it a go? Then maybe sit if, if he can't really play after a quarter or so. So this one's tough to figure out as well. So uh, USC, uh, you know, you normally they'd probably be more of like a touchdown or so favorite here. But with, with that in play, you see him here down around one, one and a half in the current market price. Yeah, and Matt Grill, DraftKings trading manager, joining us right now on VEASAN. The team you yes, he just lost to, Utah, comes out as Pac-12 champions. Now, as a result, goes to the Rose Bowl, taking on Penn State. One of our biggest line moves we've seen so far from around Pickham to up, uh, up near a field goal. Uh, how have you reacted just personally as an oddsmaker, seeing the love that the market is showing for the Utes in this game early? Yeah, exactly. Again, I think kind of recency bias here. People seeing the beatdown of Utah over USC by 20-plus points in the Pac-12 championship. So we put that line out. They were laying it right away. Although we have a little bit of an opinion here on Penn State, so we're, we're kind of we're two and a half minus one twenty. We're not not really wanting to go to that three quite yet. Well, if we have to, eventually we will. But right now, trying to uh, just kind of hold on to Penn State at that two and a half. 
as far as the games that could potentially happen, matchups for the college football national championship game, right now at DraftKings, the four different combinations, they're all up right now. How did you go about setting those numbers and any early action that you've seen uh, with those numbers now all posted for January the 10th? Yeah, we were first up with these. We, this has kind of been our thing all season long, doing these look-aheads and kind of speculating a little bit farther out than most other books, something we really like to do. So we posted uh, Michigan minus six. We saw money on – sorry uh, – we took Georgia minus six over Michigan. Apologies. Took money on Georgia right away. That's up to seven and a half. Well, we posted Ohio State two and a half over Michigan. That's up to three. We posted uh, Ohio State, sorry, Ohio State over TCU minus ten and a half. That stayed pat. And we posted Georgia over TCU minus fourteen. That's up to fifteen and a half. Wow. So a lot of a lot of early interest in that. And it goes without saying, if the matchups don't happen, betters get their money back if the game doesn't exist. It's interesting to see though. Betters wanting to get out in front of those early matchups already. As far as for the games coming up this week, Matt, uh, let's look at a, a game like Florida-Oregon State. We saw offshores before any of the U.S. books put up their lines at around Oregon State minus five. Now we're up with Anthony Richardson, the quarterback for Florida, out and missing this game for the Gators. It's up to double digits here. Uh, how much do you make a, a change in the power rating to Florida with Richardson's absence now in this game against Oregon State? Yeah, definitely. He's got to be worth at least five or six points, you know. But Jack Miller the third, the former Ohio State recruit, he'll be in there playing. So this is this is this guy's not too shabby from you know all the reports. I really haven't seen him too much in the field in the last couple of years, but you know this guy's supposed to be able to play. So I don't yeah. know. I think Florida with this SEC talent, they should be able to hang around a little bit. I personally think the number's a little bit high, but you know Oregon State, they they ended the year on such a hot streak. They have, they've looked great, so they deserve to be in this game, and and is the favorite here. All right, Matt Grill, DraftKings trading manager. Been a blast having you on all season, and we're, here it is. It's bowl season. We're ready to go. I'm Matt. Appreciate the time as always. I know it's a busy stretch for you guys, so we, we as always, thank you for giving us a few minutes on the show. Thanks, Ben. All right. We wrap things up on College Lines Revealed. Say this, of the New Year's six games, if you can still get Kansas State at over a field goal, a couple of books holding Kansas State plus three and a half. Now is the time to buy in the Kansas State Wildcats. I love K-State in a game with as much motivation as any team in bowl season. Taking on an Alabama squad that might be without over half of its starters on both offense and on defense. Kansas State plus three and a half. That number will not be there for long. Grab it while you can. Might close more like a pick'em. Would not surprise me whatsoever if that happens. Big thanks to our guest today, Tim Murray, Steve Mackinnon, and Matt Grill here on College Football Lines. Reveal big thanks to our producer as well, Elliot Bauman. For those of you watching us live on VEASAN.com, YouTube TV, and the VEASAN app, stick with us. We go back to the NFL for Live Bet Sunday coming up next. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.